0: Everybody to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Bet We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen and joining me as always on Tuesdays, Mr. Matthew Rooney. Andy's over talking about golf and some other show that, you know, I'll probably watch. Maybe you should too after this is done, which is good, Matt, because I made an NBA pick that we'll talk about later that Andy disagrees with, so he can't be here to argue.
1: Ooh, I like that. I'll be the third party. I'll be in the middle and pick sides. I'll probably just pick you because you're here, and I like making you know Andy a little bit upset. It's kind of a hobby of mine, but uh, got to ask you. I know we got Emma, a Monday Night Football recap here. What happened last night? Just a, kind of a sleepless – I mean, long-term, probably not too worried, but just kind of like a, just a, a sleepy effort there.
0: I was going to say, talking about picks, those Philadelphia Eagles sure did turn the ball over a whole lot. Um, yeah. And, you know, maybe I violated my own theory. I didn't get a chance to listen to Eagles talk radio to see kind of how everybody felt about that. And if you listened to the show yesterday, I mentioned that the Eagles have the least turnovers in the league, the Washington Commanders with the least takeaways. Well, that should be a little different coming up here. I mean, just like you said, a super messy game and just strange to have it finished the way it did. Um, You know, the Eagles being at home generally play very well there. Always good motivation playing in front of that Philadelphia crowd. They scored the first touchdown pretty easily, you know, 14-7 after the first quarter, and then just kind of got smacked around for the next three quarters. It was sloppy. It was ugly. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to take away from that. It's hard to say it's a look-ahead spot or something for the Eagles. I don't know. It's just – it's very strange.
1: Yeah, Dan makes a good point in the chat there. Like, the Eagles stopping the run is starting to become a little bit of, like, a trend here. No, sorry being unable to stop the run, I should say, becoming a little bit of a trend here. And I think that's something that, you know, they probably need to figure out a way to fix up a little bit. But other than that, I think you learned more about Washington last night than anything. I think it was probably, you know, not that you want to call it a look ahead spot, but like, I don't know, it was a playing on Monday night football against a team that's under 500 with a backup quarterback playing. And the Eagles were, no pun intended, flying pretty high, 8-0. Like, yeah, I see how you maybe come out a little bit looking past the opponent, and on the other side, you had a quarterback in Taylor Heineke who he was quite literally playing for a job. And that he, if he didn't win it, I'm not sure what Washington and Ron Revere are doing. I'm pretty sure he keeps that job for now. But he played really, really well. And Washington just made a bunch of big plays. They got some turnover luck. They got away with a couple calls. But, I mean, they, they made big plays when they really had to. And Terry McLaurin was just fantastic again last night, too. I love yeah, watching Taylor first- Heineke, too.
0: It is. I like Kahnikian, especially as as someone that owns Scary Terry in a couple fantasy leagues. He's just been much better. And it is, the Eagles on defense is not great. I mean, the team is built to get a lead and kind of hold that lead. You're generally worried. A little less about having the ball run against you when you're up a bunch of points. And again, not that a seven point lead is anything huge, but just the fact that they stopped scoring, you know, zero points in the second and third quarter, that's just so bizarre to me against, again, a Washington defense, teams have been able to score against. And especially the way the Eagles like to play, I just kind of thought they methodically, you know, little runs here and there, some RPOs, occasionally stretch it out with the throw to maybe Goddard or AJ Brown or something like that. But just to for them to go totally cold, that's what I'd be a little more concerned about, and um, you know, I have to wonder if maybe it's some of the injuries and things that they picked up last night. Um, I saw Jason Kelsey go off. I don't know if he at, came back on. I wasn't watching maybe as closely as I should have in the second half. But um, if he's beat up, that's really going to be that's a problem tough loss. For them.
1: Yeah, uh, I, but I, I still think they figure out. They'll still win that division. They'll still be fun. like I, they're still the best team in the division. We learned that we can't really fully trust the Cowboys. I love the way the New York Giants are playing football and they might, they're going to go to the playoffs at this point and take a pretty big collapse. Not to, but like, I just don't really fully buy them. I think the Eagles are still the best team in that division and still probably cruise to a win, but there's, you know, if you can run the ball successfully, you're going to have your chances against that Eagles team, I think is what we learned.
0: Yeah, it, it's exactly. If, if you can get the ball and sort of keep it moving again, Commanders one time of possession. I think almost two to one, which is always kind of one of the funnier stats. I don't know if that really has really tells you a whole lot, but um, yeah, it looks like Jason Kelsey might have gotten a little bit hurt. So we'll see. Again, you know, the Eagles had to lose eventually. It takes all the pressure off. There's a lot of season left. I still think they're the best team in the NFC. I, I mean, I, I agree.
1: I, I, yeah. I mean, they played. The, I know it was early in the season. They played the Vikings, and that game was not close. Um, I, the Vikings have probably gotten better since then, but like the NFC is just not all that good. And I think the Eagles by far have the highest ceiling of any team right now in that conference.
0: So again, hopefully it gets them refocused and locked in. Cause you know, you never want to be undefeated. Which I always hate when people say it's stupid. Of course you want to be undefeated. You want to win every single game. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard, but let's get into things that are more fun. So football, that really will entertain the people. And this must be a mistake.
1: No, like this no, this isn't a mistake. This is the same thing we did last week. We're back in Ohio. We, I, we, we back underdogs overs, except when Ohio's the favorite. We're backing Ohio. We backed them on a slight I think, uh, I think they were one and a half, two point favorites last week in their game. They absolutely cruised to a win. Uh, they're playing very good football. They have the best quarterback in the Mac and Curtis Rourke. We're gonna back him. He's got a twenty-four to four touchdown interception ratio this year. Ohio also doesn't play very good defense. They're allowing over 30 points a game. They got Ball State, who's not the best offensive team, but they're good enough, and I think they'll be able to put up some points at home on this Ohio defense. So we're going to take the better quarterback on the road in the in a tough environment, a toughish environment in Muncie, Indiana. Uh, we're going to take Ohio. My laying the three and a half. If you can find it at a three, I I don't think you can. I would love to get that, but usually there I saw mostly three and a half or four this morning to so try and grab the three and a half. And we're going to take them and the over against Ball State tonight. Also, I should say both uh, both weather forecasts for these games in Muncie and in Toledo are like 40s and pretty clear, so no no real weather to be worried about. And then the second one, we're going with a strict uh, underdog and over. We're taking the 15 and a half points with Bowling Green. I'm a little scared about this one because Bowling Green's offense has been. Uh, really not good the last two games out. They lost to Kent State 40-6 to last week, and they beat Western Michigan two weeks ago, 13-9. to Western Michigan hasn't been very good, so I'm a little worried about this one, but we're going to stick to the system. We're going to take the 15.5 points, and we're going to take the over 50.5. I think Toledo's going to be able to score a lot of points, and if Bowling Green can do their part against the very meh Toledo defense, I, I think we'll be okay. So, underdogs, overs, in Ohio. Sticking to the formula. We're 13 and seven now for those of you keeping score uh, with that formula. Muncie, so, we'll Indi- take that.
0: <laughs> Muncie, Indiana, the vacation spot of the Gurgage family. I but was going to ask
1: mean. if you're a Parks and Rec fan. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> yes, loves Muncie. Exactly.
0: Gary and Gail, and, or Jerry and Gail. I can never actually remember what his real name was, but I love Maction. It's just a brilliant idea. Kudos. And I, I want to say this every week, almost anytime we talk about this kudos, kudos. to Hats Mac. Off. other conferences. Get out there. Own some day of the week. Own some weird part of the schedule. Let's
1: do it. Stuck, somebody take the Tuesday, Wednesday nights in October. So, because Max starts in November, Conference USA, Sunbelt, I'm looking at you. Go get Wednesdays and Tuesdays Remember in October. That. And so, I mean, so we don't have that layoff in between Monday and Thursday. Come on now.
0: Let's get a West Coast Conference. How about late night, Maxion?
1: Ooh, give me the whack at like 9.30 p.m. on a Tuesday. Waxing. Are you kidding me? Whaction after dark? Oh, we got to, who's, who's the, we got to get on the phone with the Mac, with the WAC commissioner. Excuse me. This is uh, we got we, a million oh, this, dollars.
0: I, yeah, this is now a verbal copyright or exactly. pending situation for the we'll WAC. Call, we'll, we'll call our
1: lawyer. We'll call our lawyer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into some basketball. Um, you know, kind of a tough night. The Raptors fell apart for us a little bit. Um, we'll see how it goes. It's a short slate. As I mentioned, Andy is not here. And um he is in an NBA chat, as surprising as that may be, Matt. He does, well, more comic relief, but he does provide a little yeah. bit of value to the NBA chat. And Had two picks today. One of them was actually the opposite of the one that I have. Um, the other pick that he made, he likes the Pelicans, minus three. I can kind of dig that, but there's a game on a little bit later tonight. The Brooklyn Nets are going to be visiting the Sacramento Kings, and the Kings are favored. I'm not really why? sure Why? I can't really wrap my head around that. I stared at Haven't it for a while. Haven't the Nets played
1: better without Kyrie, too?
0: Yes. It's so significantly like, better.
1: I don't know. Okay. I, I'm going to bet this now because I have to, but why? I mean,
0: Andy's got – I mean, you know – And he's an adventurous guy. He likes to do a lot of crazy stuff. And betting the Kings is a favorite. It did work out for us once this year. We laid four points with them on the road, and they somehow covered, uh, despite being down, I think, most of the game for the Charlotte Hornets. But hey, look at this matchup here. Seth Curry is probable. Joe Harris has been back. Um, and that level of shooting has really changed what this Brooklyn Nets team is capable of. No Kyrie on the floor really simplifies things. Again, Durant is being able to take over, um, and they're just playing more defenders. You start to look at the players that are actually on the floor for this Brooklyn Nets team, and it just, I think, simplifies everything a little bit. Um, You know, Ben Simmons, I believe he is questionable tonight. Um Shocker we just double check Yeah, he's a questionable tonight we'll see I mean but he hasn't really needed much he's come off the bench he's played good defense it's all this team really needs I mean again guys like Royce O'Neal a little better defenders out there Sumner's been pretty solid again on the defensive end so just really like the way this Nets team is playing now that they're sort of consolidated and streamlined, if you will, to talk about it from a corporate perspective. Um, I have the Nets short favorites here, you know, minus two, um, almost minus three. Start it there. And again, always try to tweak stuff back down towards the market because, you know, the market's pretty efficient. It's generally right. So we'll see. The Nets have taken a little bit of money this morning, but, you know, plus 105, plus 110 or better. All looks good. There's plus plenty of plus 115s out there. Andy's got the Kings, but suck it, Andy. Give me the Nets.
1: I think I'm with you on the Nets here. I don't, I just, I can't bet the Kings as favorites over the Nets. I don't really, unless like KD's not playing, I can't take that situation. I don't see how I I could. Dan
0: sent a a picture of somebody named Carson Steele holding an alligator as a child, or I guess a crocodile.
1: Sure. I was wondering what caused Andy to respond into a group text or a group channel. Just what? Because usually he's got a smart comment or a, a funny pun back. And for him to be that shocked, like that, that, that had to be something big. I was wondering like, did I just say, or do something really bad on here? And nope, it's just a dude holding the crocodile.
0: But our dad says it's an alligator, but it's called Crocky J. We'll have to look more into this while we do. I like this. It's hockey time. We got an over,
1: we got an under.
0: We do. We're, sitting, we're sitting with six? Those six and a half, so you're not feeling brave.
1: Uh, there were a couple six and a halves here, uh, but I, I want to, I, I'm surprised the Canucks Sabres isn't at six and a half. You have a high scoring team in Buffalo and a really bad goaltending defensive team so far in Vancouver. Uh, Vancouver's goaltending this year has just been abysmal. they are two goalies, I think the thatcher Demko, who is, uh, you know, a young up and coming goal like goalie who's supposed to be one of the next better goaltenders in the NHL. He had a great bubble playoff and kind of had a pretty good year last year. It's like one and eight with a goals against average in the fours. I'm blanking on the name of their second goaltender, but he's got a goals against of like three, three, seven. So Vancouver is allowing a lot of goals. Buffalo scores a good amount of goals. They're in a little bit of a losing streak here, but they're still averaging like 3.6 goals a game or something uh, high like that. So I I think this is a good spot for them to kind of snap out of a skid. Buffalo also is not the best team defensively during this losing streak. They've been allowing a lot of goals. Vancouver has uh, has some firepower, so I think you should see some goals. I think that's why you see it close to minus 130 for that over six. And Stars Lightning under six. Uh, Dallas is going to have Jake Ottinger, who's been the best goalie in hockey so far this year. He's got a goals against average in the ones. He's got a save percentage of close to 94. He's been fantastic. He missed a few games, came back, had a bad first game back against New York, but then bounced back in his next one, I believe, against your Flyers, if I'm not mistaken. And they won 5-1. He was very good. And Tampa, whose goalies are off to a little bit of a slow start, uh, Andre Vasilevsky, who you've heard me talk about every playoff I've been here for a while of how good he is, is off to a slow start this year. But it's a home game against a Dallas team that's not the – they're not a bad offensive team, but by no means the best offensive team in hockey. Uh, I, I think it's a good bounce-back spot for him. And minus 106 for two of the best goalies in the NHL, despite Vasilevsky not playing his best hockey right now. I, I like that value. So I'm going to take the under six there and an over uh, with two bad teams up top.
0: Stars Moneyline, what do you think? Leg show. Put it on
1: the line I don't mind it uh they have the advantage in net tonight uh Vasilevsky obviously is the more proven goalie but Jake Odinger since the playoffs has been very very good and Vasilevsky's off to a slower start this year Tampa defensively has not been the same team they lost a couple of guys off the blue line that's you know gone to the Stanley Cup finals each of the last three years they're still figuring some things out with a new lineup so I don't mind the Stars money line it's some plus money there
0: I can dig it. Lake Show always has a lot of fun in there. Thanks, buddy, for putting some stuff in. We always like extra picks in the chat. Let us know what
1: you're talking about. Let us know I something. also like the road teams in tonight's match. Maybe we know. So Maybe we there don't. There we go. We're going to talk about it.
0: Yeah. Tennis. Tennis is back. The tournament finally starts today. We got tennis, tennis back. Got tennis. back. What, was back. Yesterday.
1: Did you, what did you do yesterday?
0: I took a nap. <laughs> Worked on some basketball <laughs> stuff. Did some stuff around the house and all those I things was, that I've been avoiding. I like, I I got
1: up in the morning and I was doing a little bit of work and I was looking at the brown bag bets chat and it's just like guys it's like it's terrible news I was like what happened no tennis today I was like oh my god what is what are we going to talk about
0: it's that's that's the one it's like going on. it's
1: death taxes and tennis on brown bag bets that's the, the three certainties in life.
0: Well, we're back, baby. We got a couple of matches. Um, one, I was a little misled. I thought this started just after this show. It looks like they're heading out onto court right now in Buenos Aires. Again, it's a 125K or Challenger. Um, should be able to find these lines just about everywhere. Um, the French woman, Léolia Jean-Jean, I assume. Because You just what a name. Down, all the consonants mostly in French, but the underdog here, plus 130, even plus 140 here, is Caroline Dolhide. Looks like she's going to start first. Uh, I really love her on this surface. Um, again. This is the time of the year I like to look again for younger players that are underdogs, maybe going against more established names, not like Caroline Dolhide's a great player, but has had a little hard court success in some of these smaller events towards the end of the year for the veteran. I just think she's going to be outclassed here by a younger player on the wrong surface. This was on hard courts. This price makes perfect sense to me. Um, might even actually back Caroline Dolhide, But on clay, again, much slower surface, involves much more you know, physical effort and a lot more power you know, to kind of hit through the clay, which uh, Jean-Jean has, like her, as the underdog. Here again, plus one thirty, plus one forty, in a match that I have closer to a pick'em um, is a really good bet for me. And then one tomorrow, there's nothing better than tennis than three player. I'm sorry, three named players in tennis: Reka, Luca, Jani. I assume it's Jani or Jeannie. I'm not entirely sure. But RLJ like goes up against On An Lee, and again, kind of a similar handicap here. On Lee, a higher ranked player, um, really makes her bones on hard court. Has been playing solid tennis again on hard courts the last month or so. And, you know, gets rewarded here in the market by being a, a pretty solid favorite, minus 205. Um, on clay, a surface where her whole break rates drop about 10, almost 15% in some cases. Um, jenny has been really solid on clay, has been winning, you know, tournaments, obviously smaller tournaments at the ITF level and really pushing some of the better players on tour when she's had opportunities like that. I like her to win this match. Again, I can see why on favored. You have the overall talent of her and, you know, should be able to translate a little bit and, uh, may win this match, but this time should be much, much closer. right, Janie at plus 120, plus you know, plus 125, even as I started to tweak some stuff. So plus 140 or better looks good there. Again, John John's getting underway right now. Um, they're just stepping out onto court. Looks like we're starting a little early for some reason. Um, and Rekha Luka, Janney, that could be as early as 8 a.m. tomorrow. So you've got the rest of the day to get that in.
1: I like him. I was going to say, if, if the first one wasn't starting right now, I might go through a little plus Dan 20 parlay together is. and see what happens. Dan knows who everybody is.
0: Dan does know who everybody
1: he is. He really does. Speaking of Dan, um, this afternoon, 1 o'clock, catch us on the Blogger Bowl Tuesday. We're going to recap week 10 oh, – no, God, week 11. I'm so sad that football is getting so close to being over. Week 11 in the college football season, we're going to take a look at some uh, some early lines for week 12, maybe talk a little bit of action. Who knows? We're supposed to have a snow game uh, this weekend in the Mac so with like feet <laughs> of snow. snow. So that should be fun, like feet. I wish awesome.
0: that any t- there was some rule that if it was snowing – They had to move a football game there. Just somebody, whatever the closest (laughs) football game to the snow is, everybody get in the buses, drive them out. Let's get a feel. Football in the show. It's the best. That
1: should be the Mac should do that. That should be part of their thing. Is not all we're gonna play on Tuesdays where it's snowing. We're gonna if it's snowing, we have to go there. That's a Mac thing on Tuesday and Wednesday night.
0: All right. A lot of great ideas. If you have a college football conference, it's looking to do some funky stuff today on the show. Call us. We're
1: great consultants. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for watching. Great job in the comments, and we'll see you tomorrow for the little hump day action.